Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dirt Talk. I'm here on a Saturday with Mr. Mike Wilhite of Wilhite Grading and Excavation out in California. Mr. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm out here to, uh, on, on site today, actually taking a break, talking to you and the excavator work. Sweet. And and so you you messaged me a few weeks ago on um, social media, and you reached out to me saying, hey, you know, I'd love to be on the podcast, talk about some, some, you know, get my thoughts out there, talk about some controversial stuff or stuff that has been controversial in the past. And uh, I thought, you know, why the hell not? I think I maybe met you once at Trimble Dimensions, but other than that, we don't know each other too well. Um, I just know you work in a damn nice part of the country. So let's... Um, Let's get into, I was talking to you about just before this about social media and, and what you think about everything. So you've been, you've been on social media posting about your business on there for, uh, how long, when did you start sharing about Will Height online? Shoot. It's gotta be like, um, about seven years now. Okay. Six or seven years. That's yeah. A while. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I got on basically just to, as I, I went out on my own, you know, you're two years into it, I, I just felt really isolated, you know, I didn't have the, the sounding boards that I did as a employee and an operator coming up to the ranks. So it was just a good way to connect with other operators or other business owners in the same boat as myself at the time. And so how's it, how's it changed over six or seven years? Cause you said it started to go in a direction that you're not too stoked about what's, what's changed. Well, in a way, I feel like I'm partly responsible for that. I mean, I would have gone there anyways, but, you know, I I started working with one of the, the bigger equipment manufacturers. It's no secret who it is, you know, um, yeah. Caterpillar. And and I, I, I spent a lot of time with, the, uh, you know, corporate side, um, you know, just working with the engineers, working with the marketing department, just basically taking every phone call, taking, you know, everything was basically coming at me is, you know, Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? You know, um, even when it came to the engineers, you know, uh, working with, you know, I was, uh, around when the cat accurate box blade was being designed, you know, things like that was where it started for me. And it was basically them figuring out, like just coming into the beginnings of figuring out that like these platforms were, were valuable to them. Yep. And they could leverage them. So I quickly started signing deals with Trimble, with uh, with Dry Duck Apparel, with Incon, with with all these these, these different corporations. And um, it's definitely a learning experience. With some of these companies, yeah, there there's some loyalty, but for the part, there's none. Did Caterpillar? You know, they did that whole feature story on you a while back. It was probably a few years ago now. Did they reach out to you yeah. about that, or did you approach them? How did that even materialize? I went to, um, where was it? I think it was Georgia or, or North Carolina. I forget which, which one. We went to a couple of states on that trip. And I, I kind of pitched the idea that they were failing miserably in that department as far as their video and their content online was crap. Yep. It was stale. It had no heart. It had no no real way of connecting with, with the people out there, you know, who were running their product. So... I brought them a couple examples of where I thought they should go with things. And it was more of that candid style interview, you know, uh, in the field, uh, a lot, you know, uh, having to do with the motocross industry, 
you know, showing them a lot of how those videos were shot. And then um, I also used a lot of a uh, couple of examples that Chimo Clark was putting out as well at that time, which were also in line with that motocross type of feel yep. or that, you know, that sponsored like a uh, surfing kind of vibe. And they, and they liked it, you know, and, and that's, that's when they came, you know, a few weeks later, came back with, with the four part series uh, idea. And, and I was, I was the first that they shot with. So they, they published that and, and I, yeah, I, I remember it being pretty cool. Um, I, I haven't seen it in a while and they promote you and this and that at what point, cause I know they started to back away from you at one point, probably cause you started to voice some opinions online. When, when did that start to happen where, you know, Kat said, you know, Hey, we're going to kind of back away from this. Um, Kat really never said, said that. Yeah. Say. I guess, I guess we can't talk about Kat as one, one entity. It's, it's a bunch of moving parts and people, right? Yeah, I get that. And I was picked as one of, uh, I think it was four or five cat, the first ever cat ambassadors. Yep. And, I was going through the list of the people who were picked and I had some real fundamental issues with some people on there. Yeah. Like without naming names, I mean, what are, what are fundamental issues? What, what, what pisses you off? And, and you, I mean, and, and you've had problems with me too in the past. Like, Hey, who the hell is this punk ass kid? Like what uh, bothers you about it? So to me, if you're going to speak on behalf of our industry, you better have a lifetime of knowledge or at least acquired a lifetime of knowledge about it. Yeah. Okay. So, cause you're, you're the face, you're out there, you're the face of what people see and you need to know your trade. You need to be an expert in your craft. Yep. If you're going to be an ambassador, bottom line, I don't, I don't, that's the bottom line for me. So when you see people, you know, being on, on the list and, and, and it's not just one or two, you know, but it's still, it's like, all right, well, let's look at this. Okay. So you want, you want to back this player. Let's go look at what they're putting out there on the market. Let's go look at the quality of their work. Let's go look at their sites. Let's go look at what they're pushing out there and see if that's, you know, the right way to go. And then when you do that and you see stacks of OSHA violations, you see, um, shitty just really really not like bad work yeah. bad work quality and and I, I'm able to make that call I've been doing this since I was 14 years old I got on my first track yep you know and this is basically all I've ever known my whole life I know quality work versus not quality and I also know safe practices versus unsafe practices I've never had an injury to myself or on my job in 22 years but you, so, someone like you, that. you make Cat nervous, and I know this for a fact, just because they can't, there's no uh, sure, like, they're not certain that, okay, you know, Mike's not going to go speak his mind and this and that. Like, you, you just speak your mind, and to them, you know, big corporation with lots of lawyers, there's there's risk associated with that, for better, like, whether you disagree with it or not. Because I think, oh yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, agree with a lot sure. of your points as far as manufacturers in general right now. I think they don't get it yeah. is, is my opinion on every, every manufacturer. There's not a single one that gets it. And and no. that's what we're trying to change. So I totally, I, I agree with, with all your points, but you know, just from cat choosing you, I can also see, you know, looking at it from their lens, why they would not touch you because you're just too honest. You're, you're a loose cannon a lot of times. <laughs> well, 
Well, that's the thing, though. So, I mean, the basics of, like, the core meat of my contract are I will never, ever sell out my integrity. Yeah. Period. Bottom line. So, if you don't like that, don't get in bed with me. Like, don't don't work with me because you want me to use your product? Okay, fine. I'll use your product. But if it's crap, I'm going to tell people it's crap. You know? And yeah. If I if I'm not honest about those things, if I'm not if I'm not speaking my mind, then what real what real like sincerity or or weight do I have behind my word? I have none. Oh, I agree. I'm a sellout. Yeah, and I, that's why I've yeah. I've I've never done a deal with any big company as far as sponsoring or any like I've I've never done anything with a manufacturer, anything with a product, nothing. I've never been paid for anything like that, and continue to turn down every single one of those opportunities just because I don't want to be selling out to anybody. And even the companies we work with, I never promise them anything. I just say, yeah, I'm going to talk to you online and talk about you guys online, but I'm not promising you anything. I'm not contractually obligated to a single thing. Yeah. Well, then the only thing I'm contractually obligated to is the fact that I don't share any of their intellectual property, uh, you know, while it's being developed. Yeah. And that makes sense. And that's that's really the only thing um, that I was really, you know, to, to keep my mouth shut about and and I do and I did and but I, th- I guess the naive way of me thinking is that I could go in there as someone who spent his life doing this and maybe change the thinking of, of a big corporation you know with uh, the big manufacturers the first year I was doing what I was doing I was I was in the same boat you were by like trying to convince these people of doing it differently and doing it more authentically and really featuring the people that actually do the work. Um, and, and they just had no interest in any of that. And, and they just wanted to keep doing it their way. And, and so, like, I think I, I kind of came to the same point you're at, but from a different angle, from more of a political angle, uh, where, you know, hey, I'm just going to leave you guys alone and I'm going to go do my own thing. I know I'm right. So you're going to have to listen to me one day. I don't know when that day is going to be. But we're going to have this conversation where it, the roles will be reversed. You'll need me more than I need you, and it, it'll be this way. It's it, The industry and marketing is only going in one direction. It's only going in that more authentic storytelling and, and real direction, and they're going to have to get on with it at some point. I, I believe that for sure. But is it? Because it seems like to me that it's just going back. It's going to the, the cookie-cutter manufactured trucking false narrative type type stories that aren't genuine. Well, no, the, um, yeah, the manufacturers are still there. They haven't changed a bit, but a lot of the other stuff we're doing and a lot of the other companies working with, I mean, some of the biggest Caterpillar customers out there, they're going, they're going in this direction now and they understand the value of yeah. it. And so the manufacturers in general, they think they have the power. They don't. The customers have the power. And so when the customers start to move in this direction, they're going to have no choice but to move in this direction as well, I believe. Yeah. And you're right. There are some companies that get it, like Dried Up Apparel. That company, have you ever seen their their stuff online? It's it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's called Work TV, and 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 they they get it, man. They they actually get it. They get the industry, you know. And and you would say that their videos were somewhat, you know, risque, I guess you might say, or a controversial in their own way. Cat probably would never ever think about going that way. And, and a good example of that is. When they did my videos, they had like a. I remember one of the guys told me they had a from their from their all their videos they had a two hundred and eighty percent increase in viewership just based off the four part series, right? Yeah. And 
the biggest video ever was the cat. It was the D six nine or whatever video, right? Remember that one? Yeah. They will never make another video like that. Their most successful video ever, because it pissed off a lot of the people in upper management. Yeah. You know, oh. so even taking stuff that works, you know, the the it's just weird how they'll take a model that's actually working and then they'll just throw it to the side because it doesn't line up with where they want to go. But my question to them is, where are you going? You're losing like connection with your base again. You know, they're getting further and further away from it. Well, but, but there's Um, a, there's a delayed, there's, there's a delay there. And and what I think is going on with, again, with big manufacturers and I, I don't want to just, the goal here is not to beat up cat. I love cat, you know, lots of friends at cat. We work with a lot of cat. So it's not, it's not beating up cat. I I think manufacturers in general and construction companies in general, there's no incentive to do anything different or to take any risks right now because everyone's making record profit. I guarantee you every equipment dealer in the country just made, had a record year this year or last year, especially like, so when, when you're, when you're selling tractors like hotcakes and, and making record profit, there's no real pressure or incentive to go change, even though you need to. And, and even though it'd be smart to go change because the market is fundamentally changing these corporate folks, there's just no incentive there. Cause it's like, well, if we just had record profits, everything we're doing is working and, and we, we yeah. know it's going to catch up with them, but they don't think of it like that. Because they're and it's well, a public company too, so they just they're just looking at what money they made this quarter, like, and that's all that matters. Yeah, you're right, and, and you know the the people that are a lot of the people that are coming into power and, and in power there now are people who they're not in touch with the actual what's going on with their equipment. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's just a job or it's just a marketing position, you know, and um, but for guys like me and, and clearly guys like you it's a passion, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's, 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 it means everything to us. It's my future and my past. Like it's important to me. So when you see a company that's grown up loving, um, I got to just roll right over here real quick. Um, so I'll keep talking. Um, but when you see companies that you love, you know, just kind of not, not getting it and, and going down these paths that you just don't, you're kind of scratching your head. You're just like, you know, it's frustrating, you know? So, um, uh, I've been there too. Anyways, yeah. I've, have you said stuff? Yeah. Have you said stuff online that you've, you've regret saying? Oh, shoot. Well, I don't regret a lot of things, but I, I, I regret sometimes my approach, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I never, I've never regret like the fundamental like meat of it, but you know, I can be a little bit more, I, I guess you would say, um, politically correct about it, I guess, or, yeah. or non-combative in my ways about it. But I'm trying to think like of one thing that I regret online and, and I'm usually pretty, pretty tame, you know, as far as my posts go, I mean, I will get into it, you know, with people who I think are wrong or whatnot, but, um, I try to think those things through. But like some face-to-face stuff, you know, like uh, Tremble Dimensions, I wish I could, I could go back and, and, and redo that and, and come at it in a different way. That's for sure. Well, and there's no, you know, so. yeah, there's no, un, uh, there's no denying your, your passion and love for the industry. And, and I like a lot of your points I totally agree with, but a lot of times I do see the delivery. I'm like, I probably could have done that better because that's just, you're kind of just like over there kicking the hornet's nest for no reason sometimes. 
Yeah. Well, you know, and like I said, and, I, and so that's what I mean. It's like, yeah. Sometimes your passion over like takes like it gets the better of you, and you're speaking from emotion and not, you know, thinking it through. I get that. So, but that's part of being real in this whole thing is is missteps and and I get it in the in the in the corporate corporate world. That's that's you get one misstep and you're done, right? Yes. So, yeah. Well, um, just just in society in general now. I mean, you you misspeak once and people come for your head. And you're just like, well, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I just made a mistake. Or you said something two years ago that you'd never say now because you're a different person. You've learned a lot. But nope, you said it. And so we want to come for your head. And and a lot of, a lot of times it's like, no, nah, that's pretty messed up. You should have never said that in the first place. But a lot of times it's, okay, that's wrong. But if they're saying, I get it, it's wrong. I would never say that today. I'm a different person. I can understand that because people evolve. They change. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not changing what I like what I as far as how I feel, um, I, I'm still set in that. No, I get that. Uh, I, I, I understand that. So, so it's just my tact, you know. It, um, I was I was brought up by the Portuguese family to do this trade, which they have four generations. You know, they they're some of the first settlers of the land. So you got the in California, you got the Portuguese, the Swiss, the Italians, and the Germans, and then you got some Dutch mixed in there. They're, they're the major landholders of, of the state. And when you're a landholder, you're a farmer, right, usually? And you're usually the ones who wind up with equipment first. Yep. So that's how they became majority uh, down the line. They're, those families got integrating in excavation because they already had the equipment. So, you know, it starts out it's like they go down to Billy Bob's house and go cut this pattern and build a, you know, build a shop or something like that. It, it, it just compounds over the decades. So I was raised with the Portuguese families and, and uh, the Swiss, and there is no PC in those worlds. Yeah. You know, um, everything's very in-your-face, direct. You screw up. You're going to be no, you're gonna know it. And I've seen many of people get their ass whooped on a job site. Yeah. You know, it's just the way it was. And so I never really had this, well, I need to think about people's feelings. You know, like on a job site – it didn't matter. It's like, like basically, excuse my friend, but F your feelings. I don't care about your feelings. What I care about is whether or not all those guys go home today. Yep. You know, that's what matters. Not whether or not I hurt your feelings because I came at you too strong because you were doing something stupid on the job or, or you made a mistake that just cost me, you know, a couple thousand dollars. But that has no bearing on, on any of this at all. So, that's like that's my upbringing. That's my background. When I speak from the heart, like I'm going to give it to you straight in 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 my own reality, you know. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tiptoe around your feelings about it. I get it. What and, and, I, and I get it. It doesn't that doesn't jive with the, with the narrative today, you know. Um. What 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 rubbed you wrong about me early on? I feel like you're being given way too much power with not having any real background in the industry. Yeah. But because I, I don't think you were an operator, right? You, you didn't come up to the ranks. I know you, you did a little here and there is what I've been told. See, the thing that, that what won me over with you is the fact that your, your tenacity and your, your drive and your passion behind that, like you pushed through all that and 
I can respect that because through the years coming up, I was told many times by the people I looked up to that I'd never amount to shit or I'd never be coming off, you know, I'd be a truly good operator or, you know, and, and, and all that shit was steel for my fire, man. That stuff drove me to be better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I thank them for today, but I stuck with it. No matter what anyone said to me, I just kept moving forward. And, and that's why, that's what kind of won me over with you is seeing that like you didn't care what people thought, you know, you just kept, kept going No, and, and, I, and you had a goal. Like when I, when I first started out, I tried to act like an expert that I wasn't. And then I started coming around to, Hey, I'm not an operator and I'll never be an operator. So I need to just drop all that right now. And, and so, so people have criticized, well, you're not an operator. You can't get it, but it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm not an operator. I'll never be an operator. But you can't doubt my love for the industry and love for these machines and love for the people that work for it. I I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. So you can tell me you can tell me this and that, but you can't ever take that from me. And once I started rolling in that direction, it was like, okay, now I found my groove. Now I'm where I need to be. Well, now you're gen- now you're genuine. Now you're being authentic, and that's the part that got like where I'm like, all right, man, like. This kid's got, you know, he's, he's got passion for this industry and for the equipment and not just that one side of the industry, you know, it's like, you don't care if it's logging or working in a, in a quarry or, you know, just regular guys out here doing the, uh, the crane excavation, underground utilities, that, that part doesn't matter to you. For you, it's a love of, of the equipment and things of that nature. So that can't, see, when someone's genuine, that can't be fake, first off, and it's hard to not like someone who you feel in your core is being straight and honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I'm actually glad I'm not, I don't have a background in the industry like a lot of people, because I think we need, we need more people that don't have a background in the industry to get drawn into this industry, you know, to solve a lot of the labor shortage problems. Right. So, um, and now, like, I, I want to be proof that, hey, you don't necessarily have, need to be raised in a skid steer or on your dad's backhoe to love this industry and to work in this industry. You can come from any background and love to work in this industry. It, it applies to everybody. It's not just for people that were raised in it like a lot of folks are now. Yeah, well, I, but in principle, you're practicing what you're good at, you know, and that's that's what you're doing now. Yeah. You know, and this yeah. is, and that, and the equipment is your medium. Like that's, that's the medium you work in. Uh, that's the topics you like to deal with. And, but your, your, your true talent is in the fact that you are good at putting the story together and bringing light to, to, and getting, and, and the other part is getting access. You're getting in the places that people aren't allowed to go. Yeah. You know, you're getting in the, the places that are behind the scenes that these old timers, they don't want, to be known like a lot of the guys like i've found a deal with a um with the producers for a tv show about operators uh operators and owners and i i picked out all seven companies that were going to be featured in this and um you know one of them was a guy that we hated each other <laughs> hated each other i would say it was grant it was grant the mess excavating man he, he's about as controversial as they get right yeah but the thing is, is I knew he was for real. Like he's the real deal. Like he, he know, like he knows the industry. He knows what he's doing. He's an outstanding operator, and it didn't matter whether or not I liked him. You know, it mattered that he was he was genuine and honest about his own truth. That's what mattered to me. 
you know, and um, that's what I look for. And, and it's just, like I said, if you're going to be your authentic self about something, first off, you can't usually help but excel at it. And, and it's really hard for people to dislike you for that, you know? Well, so, I think in going back to social media, one thing that's started to drive me nuts is everyone's trying to be like best buds on there. And we all need to love each other and, and everyone needs to like me and this and that. And I've started to depart from that whole line of thinking. And now I, I really don't care who likes me or not. I'm not there to be friends with everybody. I'm there to share what I love, further my business, connect with the right people I want to connect with, shoot the shit with a lot. Of, you know, I, I am friends with a lot of folks on there and I've made a lot of great friendships mm-hmm. through social. But at the same time, I'm not there to be your friend. Like, I don't really care if you like me or not anymore. I used to really care about it. And I used to get real bent out of shape about it. But now I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. I'm not here to be your friend. So if you just want to like chat me up or, or, you know, or, you know, Hey, that guy's an asshole. That's fine. Like you can think I'm an asshole. That's, that's great. I'm out here working. I'm out here doing what I want to do. I don't need to be friends with you. And so a lot of these people, they're, they're like, they get bent out of shape when someone does go against the grain. And I'm starting to understand that better now. And I, I try to be political about it, but at the same time, for the first time ever, I'm really to a point where I don't care if you like me or not on social. Like you, you don't need to like me. I don't really care. Yeah. Well, people who don't, I mean, you get just as many views, like if they don't like you as versus if they do, like, it doesn't really matter. It, like I said, it boils down to the, to the, whether or not you're real or not, Yeah. you know? And, and right now I feel just, I feel that, I feel a lot of that fakeness in, in this, you know, this, this manufactured non, non authentic, um, way things have been going. Yes. And, well, and that's um, what I'm saying. Like they're I, trying to be all friends and buddies with everybody and it's all kind of just bullshit. It's like, just, just do, do what you want to do. Why, why are you so bent? Why are you so worried about other people? Well, I'm not, but that's, no, that's, I'm, that's I'm, I'm, I'm not. speaking generally, not you. Trust me. I know, I know no, you're not know. worried. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like, Honestly, the, the social media side of things really started to affect my business in a way, or, or my personal life, um, therefore affecting my business, which was, it was eating up a ton of my time. Yeah. And I wasn't really getting a whole lot out of it anymore. I mean, in the beginning, it was great. I was able to leverage myself into technologies that I had no business having at the time, you know, in the first five years of my company. You know, and, and that really helped propel me into a class that that would have taken me 10 years to get to probably. So, yeah, there's there's definitely some advantages to it that I used, you know, in, in my favor. But at what at some point, there's like the pendulum swings, you know, and, and it tips in the other direction to where it's taking up more of your time than what you're getting out of it. You know, I, and, I and then, yeah, yeah and when you, when you start to see that it's just going to be going in the direction that you don't want to really be associated with, then it's time to, to pull away, you know? And, you know, that, that, that just is what it is, you know? And I, like I said, like I'd like to say is, is one is I'm a big supporter of the, the people I worked with and I still am. Okay. So like Caterpillar makes amazing machines and that's the bottom line here is they make great machines. Absolutely. Okay? Yep. They have a great, they have a great, great service industry behind like, industry behind it they back their product uh, as far as i've always been able to tell all the biggest guys use their equipment because they use it for a reason you know because it lasts and um you know as far as my other sponsors uh, like trimble and incon 
and um, Dry Duck and, and Roby Tracker and Izzy Busy, you know, which which was another great company to work with, you know. Um, Israel, amazing, amazing man and family that started that, that company. Yep. And they own an excavation, big excavation company, and, and they actually do the work. They have a ton of experience in knowing what we need. So um, Dry Duck, you know, gets the industry, you know. Um, so it just, it's just, I don't want to say anything bad about that. It's just the way this whole thing is it, at its very nature. Um, in the beginning, it was it felt very new and very authentic and, and grassroots, right? But it's not that way anymore. It, it's very, very, very contrived and manufactured at this point. And, and that's not really who I am or what I'm about. And um, like I said, I, I just wanted to tell, tell my side of that, you know, and I see these things going on behind the scenes that are really just not, not there's like a, a twisted moral aspect to, to it that for me is like, you know, if someone brings something to you, then that, that person should be part of that, you know? I, I get um, I get why you're misunderstood. I, I, I definitely, you know, there was one point where I was like, what, what the hell is this guy's problem? But I, I totally get the, like just the absolute passion for this industry. It's all you've ever known. You were raised a certain way where you just speak your mind. And some people don't like that because they're trying to be, you know, more political and more watered down corporate. And it just doesn't, that approach doesn't jive with, with your approach. But reality is most people in the industry are like you. They're not like these corporate folks that don't totally get it. And and then that probably adds to your frustration because you're like, well, this is, I am not, a whole lot different than most of these people in the industry, you're not representing us properly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is unfortunately, and myself, I don't include myself in this, we are not even close to the best in this industry. Not even, not even by a long shot. Yeah. The guys who are truly good at this stuff that are the best in the world, they don't want to be known. Uh, yes. No, that's they're, true. They're not looking for recognition because they know with recognition comes comes problems yeah you know um anyone who works in in the municipality sector the the public works the the government contracts they have non-disclosure agreements as soon as you step foot on that on any of their sites if you even get on one yep you know they have no photos no cameras no nothing they don't want one ounce of publicity about what they're doing because they know they, they've learned you know and th- these guys have learned this shit long before social media was even a thing, you know, but it was best to just be unknown and just let the work speak for itself. And that's where I would like the industry to focus is let the, let the work speak for the people who you're choosing to represent your brand. Well, but there's, if it doesn't pass, if it doesn't pass muster, then what, then you're, you're missing the point. And I, I agree okay. with that, Mike. Uh, there, there's a balance there because I think not sharing the industry has hurt the industry too. I think the old school mentality of we we can't we can't let a single camera on this damn job site because you know for whatever reason I think that's really hurt us because most people don't even know we exist and and let alone provide a good career for a lot of great people. So we need to undo that, but in, but in a smart way too. And that's why that's why we get onto a lot of sites that have never been photographed or filmed ever before. Because we're coming at it from that real genuine approach. Like, hey, we just want to share what you guys do in a really cool manner. And we're not doing it for us. We're, we're doing it for you and for your people and for the industry. And that's, 
Yeah. It drives me nuts when people call me like, oh, he's a, an influencer or mis- miscategorize me as far as like the followers or the attention. I don't do any of this for the recognition. Zero, zero. And I was actually, I've talked to a few people about this con expo, for example, when I went this past year, you know, three years prior, I'd snuck in wearing a cat shirt because I didn't, I didn't really want to pay for it. I was a nobody, absolutely nothing there. And this year, I mean, I was stopped every five minutes by someone I didn't know. He's saying, hey, you know, I follow you. You know, thanks for what you do. This is this is great. I thought it would go to my head. It didn't go to my head at all. It almost, it, it had no effect on me, which was kind of cool because it just verified like, hey, you're not doing this for the recognition whatsoever. You're just doing this because you absolutely love it. And I wish, I didn't, I don't want to talk to strangers. Like that's so against my nature. But there's folks now okay. doing it for the recognition and then, it's 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 counterproductive. It it turns the people like you who are so passionate about the industry off because they can see right through it. Well, yeah, I mean that's what that's what the main thing is. I, I see the bullshit, you know. But I've, I'm the same way. Like I I start I didn't go to Con Expo this year because you know the last class I can't even get anything done there, and I'm not trying to like toot my own horn or anything. But it's great that people want to stop me and talk to me and stuff, but like ultimately that I just want to go and look at the equipment and see what's coming out, you know? And, and I, it's almost embarrassing to me in a way, you know, to be like known for that, you know, your social media platform, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. uh, it's like, Oh God, dude, like I'm that, like I've turned into that, you know, like I don't want to be that, that person. Like, I just want to share what I love, you know, and, and share my work bottom line. And, and talk about the things that, you know, that having to do with my industry that I, that I think need to be talked about. So, but yeah, I, I get where you're coming from and, and don't get me wrong either. Is I've made some really, really amazing friends in, in, through this whole thing as well. Totally. You know, guys that I still, I still talk to a lot, you know, like uh, Ryan of rock structures, you know, he's a good dude, man. Like he, he, like I've called him many times, just frustrated, you know, not knowing, and the guy's the guy's been through all of it, you know. He's he's had success, he's had failure, and and he he's lived it. And you know, he gets a lot of shit for being such a big Incon supporter, but he truly like loves the product. So like, if you can't see that in the fact in the way he's representing it, then that's your fault. That's your problem. You know, it's not his. He, he's he's being genuine for the most part in in everything that he's doing with that. You know, so but it's like when you the other part that uh, obviously obviously this is my opinion. But if you tie yourself to the wrong people, like that's why I wanted, I backed out from the ambassador and got into a bunch of shit about the ambassador because I wasn't going to be aligned with people I felt that were not doing um, justice for the industry or bringing the type of attention that I felt that, you know, the base would want. Because ultimately, I'm, you know, the marketing department cat used to think that I had a degree in marketing because yeah. I was fucking. I was really good at, at getting um, at presenting the ways of getting in touch with their base that they didn't even think about. But the fact of the matter is it's just because I was their base. Yeah. That's the bottom line. It's, it's easy to sell shit to myself, yeah. you know, and what works on me. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it you know, I'm, a, I'm my best, I'm my best salesman, you know? Yeah. Um, so if, if it, if I can pitch what works on me, well, just by default, it's going to work on, 75% of, of the, of that market share, because, you know, I am a good cross section of what the, who these people are. No, I, I, get, I get that. What's, what's the deal with you? And I actually like that you've done this in the past. It's definitely 
it's definitely got people talking. What's what's the deal with like sharing more emotional moments and emotional things and real life things on social media? I mean, what's because I, I I think there's so, not enough people that do that personally. So what what what's driven you to do that? Man, just my my genuine frustration and and with the fact that this part of the trade isn't being talked about. So I've been working on a on a series. Uh, that I was going to put out that's a down and, and dirty, man, like about what's been going on with me and my company in the last two years, okay? Um, yeah, yeah. And it's been a struggle. Uh, you know, I, I lost my marriage because of this company and because of myself, you know. Uh, I was so driven at succeeding and proving my critics wrong, you know, just achieving those goals that I lost sight of what was really important, you know, and eventually, you know, my ex-wife stepped out on me and, and, and that was a whole other huge scandal in the town, you know, with a married man and, and all this stuff. And it, it, it literally broke me for quite a while. Um, you know, I had one employee who was a bouncer at, at the local bars on that night and I basically paid him just to run, like basically just, relay my my orders every day because i was buried it like in a bottle like for five weeks straight because i was so utterly just just distraught and destroyed that i lost my family yeah you know and that's just me being real bro yeah like i don't have anything to hide when it comes to that shit dude like there's a million people out there who identify with that but i kept him there so that i didn't go out and do something stupid and get myself fucked up and lose my kid uh, you know, so it, it's like that devastated me. Right. And then the financial aspects started to roll in, you know, I, I, it, it's like, I lost half my wealth, you know, I, it just like compounded and my attitude changed and I became more negative. And so it's this like snowball effect that eventually, you know, you see like, Oh shit, man, like I gotta get it. I gotta get this thing under control. Right. Yeah. So that's like where I've been since the last, you know, last year is trying to stop the bleeding. You know, I went from a forty-eight thousand dollar a month burn rate, okay, and and two jobs I had I had signed contracts on. I had uh, two two projects for a million dollars that were going to eat up all of my equipment, all of my guys for five months, and in one week I had a company which is a major corporation, social media corporation, actually. They basically threw an email. Oh, we decided not to do the project, even though they had signed contracts and letters of intent. And I'd made a quarter million dollar investment. I'd made an uh, investment in uh, in five new guys, trained them for three months, and they pulled the plug two days before the start date. Okay, so there's half a million gone. Mm. The next day, other project that I was about a hundred thousand into got into some legal issues and they had to pull the plug on that one. So now I had 14 guys, six trucks, eight machines, the $48,000 a month burn rate and no work. Yeah. None at all. You know, health insurance plans, like everything. And I tried to like not be the bad guy and pull the plug and let these guys go and, and tried to like pull it together and get work. But then on top of that, in that same week, I had two trucks totaled by employees I had a tractor rolled down into a 15 foot excavation by employees. I was constantly fixing work that, you know, they weren't 
that you would give them direction and they would do what they want to do anyways, you know? So I'm constantly going back and, and fixing things, you know? So eventually I, I just couldn't keep up anymore, you know? And I, and I got what like really big and heavy in the debt. And um, so I sold my house, you know, I sold my house because I had two options, basically turn tail, file bankruptcy and give up my name and come back as a different name, which so many people do and keep doing this like nothing ever happened. Right. Yep. Well, for me, my, my name is everything to me. You know, it's my legacy. It's something that I want to pass down to my kids. So that's, that's for me personally, that's not a fucking option. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. So I did the only thing I could do is I sold the largest asset I had in my life and I paid back every single person that I owed money to the best that I could, you know, with the exception of the equipment, you know, I couldn't pay all that off, but you know, I got the local, my local guys taken care of the people that I work with on the daily, you know, the best that I could. And, and then what I couldn't do, you know, I started to try and make arrangements to pay them back. And that's where I've been. So now I've gotten to the point where today I'm just, I, I let everyone go. I had to get back to my roots, you know. Um, I started this company with, with no machines. I just rented everything, you know. So I've been liquidating everything I can, and um, I'm just back in the seat every day. I'm running equipment and, and regaining my name in, in the community as one of the best best companies there is just as far as the quality of work. Because ultimately, that's what it boils down to uh, for me, for me personally, is, is what is the quality of your work? You know, like I've said in one of my videos, I said, everything you see, like, on on, on the outside of it, of it doesn't really show you what's on the inside, you know, and what's going on beneath what you see. Yeah. And that's, like, that is so much our industry, yeah. you know. Everything we do, you can't see except for the very top. So I have to get back down to the grassroots. I have to build up that foundation to build upon again and um, because it wasn't strong enough the first run at this, you know, trying to go go bigger. So you, um, and I mean, I'm okay with that. You, you really hit the reset button. I mean, you, you, you scale, you, you kind of lost everything and now you're, you're rebuilding everything. And I, I didn't know that. That's, that's, that's a pretty crazy story, Mike. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I did lose everything. I mean, I, I did and I did. I have so much more than most people, you know. No, but, I, um, I get that. Yeah. No. And, and your, but, your, yeah, your mindset sounds pretty pretty good about it now like did you were you in a pretty dark place i i like you you said you were so how did you get out of that yeah. dark place i mean for five weeks buried in a bottle like how did you how did you climb out of that um well you when you have a five four-year-old that's a three-year-old at the time um you, you gotta you gotta you gotta snap out of it man i mean every time i had my kid dude i was sobered up and i was ready to go and be a dad you know but Wow. So being a dad is, is more than just what you, you're putting out there at face value to your kid. It's what you're doing behind the scenes to make sure that he's taken care of. 100%. You know? Yeah. And um, for me, like, there's more pride in making sure that your name is saved and your debts are paid than owning a house. Wow. Yeah, it just That's just the way I feel about it. And luckily, I've had some, you know, like, on a great saving grace for Caterpillar with me is the fact that they are so, they're, departments the people that are in some of the departments are so very in tune with how this trade works that they get it yeah so yeah has been very very graceful in allowing me time to take care of getting things sold to not just come take my equipment away or whatnot so that i can get it sold get things paid off and do this right so it doesn't 
scar my my uh, my credit with them or or in and those things. So, um, but they see that I'm doing the right things to try and negate it. So my biggest problem too for a long time is is I'm attached to my machines, man. Yeah, I'm like those are my babies. They're like you know your kids that you have your Maxbox you know, car collection. You know you don't want to give any of it up, right? Yeah. But if you look at the big dogs in this industry, those are just tools, man, and they will liquidate them just as quickly as they bought them. You know, and I have to be willing to make those calls. You know, and that's been a big learning curve for me. Is like, okay, Mike, you can't fucking do this anymore. You have to pull the trigger and start letting this shit go. Or you're not going to be able to keep any of it. Bottom line, you that know. Is wild. Did you so, did you get to that point on your own, or did you go to someone for advice? Like, how did you get to that point? Because that takes. No. I mean, that's a big hit to the ego. You really have to. I mean that that's extremely humbling. Like you you got to put your ego aside and be like, all right, what's what's best here? Because a lot of guys wouldn't yeah, have gotten well, got that point, Mike. That's I mean that's that's pretty remarkable. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that anyone who's worth their salt in the industry would have gotten to that point because, I mean, I also get the other side of that is, is to hold on as long as you can and lose it all. But um, I have some uh, – some, I have one particularly good uh, childhood friend who's got a, a massive company now. He owns three quarries. He's, he's, his family trained me in what I do. The kid – you know, the guy did like $28 million last year in revenue through his company my age. You know, mm. and he's one of those guys that doesn't want to be known. He doesn't want anyone that is like, he doesn't want his name out there. Cause I approached him with a, with a, I had four TV, you know, uh, deals that I was working on and I approached him on every single one. And he's like, no, last thing I need is my face out there. I'll, I'll piss everyone off or I don't want anyone knowing who, you know, what, what we're doing here, you know, I'm good with how it is, you know? Yeah. But he's always been a good sounding board because this guy does not hold back, man. He will chew my ass up and down one side or the other if he thinks that I'm stepping up, you know. And, um, you know, I came to the conclusions myself, but the way I do that is by picking up the phone and telling on myself to someone I know who's going to call me on my bullshit, mm. you know, and, and, and give you that final push to be like, dude, you need to do this right now. Like, hang up the phone and call cat and do this and do this and do this. And you already know what to do, Mike. So just fucking stop being a, you know, an idiot and do it. Yeah. Do it. You know, he's like, the main thing is to put your head down, shut your mouth. That's a big thing I get. Shut your mouth. Like all the social <laughs> media stuff is yeah. like, it's stop talking. Like Mike, <laughs> just stop talking. You're good at what you do. Just, just, just put your head down, put your nose in the grindstone and just work, just work your ass off. Like you did in the beginning. And you're going to be fine because you're good at what you do. And that's all I've been doing. I'm like, I'm working seven days a week, 14 hours a day right now. And I'm happy, you know, because I'm doing what I love. I'm in the seat. I'm doing what I love. I'm trying to pull it back. And, you know, I'm, I've got three machines that I'm holding on to. And, you know, it should be good. You know, this COVID thing didn't sure, sure as hell didn't help. You know, that was another real kind of hit that I wasn't planning on taking or any of us were planning on taking, right? Mike, but, um, are you are you religious at all? No, no, absolutely not. So do you, do you see like a do you see like a higher purpose in all this, or like a big you know lesson in, in all that in this? I mean, what, what like what have you learned through this whole process, and especially divorce? I mean, like what have you what have you taken away from that? So I talk about this in in, in the videos that I'm doing, but you should fight 
if you're going to fight for anything in your life, you should fight your ass off for your family. Right. Yeah. And most people would agree with that. Yeah. But you also have to learn balance and, and making the people who are those people in your life feel that they're loved and, and wanted and needed. My ex-wife was, was my biggest ally until she wasn't. Yeah. You know, and I tell every, I, 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 t- I tell the guys that, you know, that I talk to about this, that if you're so dead set on being successful in your business, then you better be just as dead set on maintaining the success of your, of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Because one does not succeed without the other usually. Yeah. Okay. So if you lose your, if your entire, entire family unit crumbles as you know it because of your own inability to see what's going on inside that you're, you're way more likely to lose everything in your business as well. Yeah. Not only from the financial hit that you're going to take, you know, and the damage that can be caused on that, but the disruption to your life, the heartache, the pain, all that stuff is going to come, is going to be directly reflected in your work and your attitude, all of it. And it's, it's, a, it's all intertwined. And that was a big learning experience for me. You know, my, my ex-wife did wrong. You know, she, she made mistakes. Those can all be forgiven. I ask her for forgiveness all the time for not seeing in time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And having my, my, my priorities out of skew. I, it's not that I didn't have the right priorities, but I didn't have them in the right order. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've talked to, so, I talked to Herb Sargent about that too. I mean, he, he lost a marriage because of the business. I mean, well, largely because of the business. And he said, you know, I was so hell bent on providing value for the company. And that's all I did. Provide value, provide value, provide value. I forgot to do the same thing with my household and, and come home and with the same tenacity and intention of providing value, providing value to the household, to my relationship, to my kids. Like I, I forgot to do that. And then it caught up with me and it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to think it's so, so simple yet it happens to so many people. Uh, so are you, are you still drinking? Have you been able to get that under control? Oh, uh, well, I mean, that was just a medication thing. I, 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 I don't drink. I haven't, can't even remember the last time I've been drunk, man. Really? I mean, I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I mean, I have a, uh, a glass of tequila. I'm a tequila sipper. That's what, that's my thing. I don't drink beer. I don't drink anything else but tequila. Gotcha. And so I have a, I'm a, like a connoisseur of tequilas and, um, I, I'll pour a glass when I get home from work and, and usually the glass doesn't even get finished, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a busy body. So as of, uh, on a 20 acre ranch, I have a, an acre parcel out of that. And, um, I'm in a com- community called the, uh, Woodstock ranch, which is a cattle ranch. Yeah. And, um, there's 70 homes there all on 20 acre parcels. 20, 20, 30 acre parcels. And I'm usually helping my neighbors or tinkering out and cutting in a road. Like I'll come home from work and jump on my skid steer and I'll take off into the mountains and go clean roads, you know, for my, the guy I lease from just doing stuff like that. I mean, I truly love running equipment. I mean, I do it for free a lot of the time, man, just, just, just to be busy um, helping my neighbors out, you know? And, and so, yeah, I mean, no, I don't, I don't really drink that much anymore, you know? Yeah. So, no, that's a good I thing. That, like yeah. I said, I had, I had that five weeks, I had that five or six weeks of, of really hitting it hard. And, yeah. It was more, more um, of a medication, kind of like numb your, numb your yeah. mind. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, I have a, I have, I have a sordid past. You know, like I, I got in some, a lot of trouble when I was younger. I was in the, um, I was a law enforcement boarding team member for the United States Coast Guard, and I uh, worked on the Bering Sea for, for my service. Really? Um, yeah, and I was on a, on a heavy civil construction tender up there, and we would deal with hazards of navigation, um, resetting buoys. Uh, landmarkers, things of that nature. I was a small boat coxswain, so I do approaches on our on ships for, uh, with the law enforcement team. So we'd board the Russians that would come into our waters a lot, take take possession of their vessel, take them under uh, up below deck, you know, um, just things of that nature. But I didn't fit in with with those people very well either because I'm not good at taking orders, you know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> they uh, yeah. So, but when I got back. When I got back uh, out of that, I had some issues from my childhood I didn't deal with, you know, and uh, I started hanging out with, with the wrong crowds and, and got myself locked up for a couple of years, you know. And Oh, shit. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I really have an interesting story, dude. I mean, I've gone from I've gone from being on the right side of the law to the wrong side of the law in my, in my younger youth. I've gone, you know, I've traveled all over the country as far as my work goes. I think wow. I'm still a missing person. I think I'm, I might still be a missing person in Idaho. Wow. <laughs> so I went up to Idaho when I was on, uh, I was on a crew. I worked for Heckles and McCoy. And then our, I did a fiber optic run from Sacramento to Reno over Donner Summit. And I spent three years on that project um, as a youngster. And I, they could, that job finished up. And then I got hired on by another company called UCCI Communications. And I was, I was, uh, come in and we build towers. So I do all the underground infrastructure, running equipment, um, all the foundation work, do all, all the concrete work. And then we'd stack the towers. Right. And then we pull all the lines. So we did it all. That's, I learned a lot about our industry by doing every step of it, you know? And at 20, like 26 years old or so, I had a 10 man crew and, and three trucks with trailers and we were traveling all over the country um, doing this stuff and I went to Idaho I, I think I pretty much had I was ready to go home but I, I went out one night and the, I never came back I, I went out to the lake with, with a couple girls and I was up there for a week and a half <laughs> and I just, just, so they filed a missing persons report on me and I, I come wandering back into town like after I'd ran out of money and uh, my dad my god bless his soul he he he'd driven all the way from California up to Boise, Idaho to come look for me. Oh my and when God. I walked back in the parking lot of the hotel I was supposed to be staying at, he pulled into the hotel at the same exact time, just got into town. Wow. And uh, he opens the door and he says, get in. I said, all right. So he's like, was it worth it? And I was like, every minute, dad. He's like, all right, <laughs> let's go to Reno. Let's go play some, let's go play some cards. <laughs> Oh, God. I went to Reno and played cards with my dad, and then uh, I mean, I'm man, I'm a roughneck when it comes down to it, man. I made a lot of a lot of bad decisions in my life, and and but I don't regret anything that I've done, or like as far as decisions, even the bad ones that I've done, that I've made, even the time I've served, all of it, because it made me who I am today, and I'm very very well rounded in seeing all sides of every every issue. Yeah, you know, no, I I and so. Going to your going to your kid. It's it, his name's Hunter, right? Is that right? Yeah. Hunter so J. so how how do you raise him with that background, with experiencing so much and wanting the best for him? How do you how do you raise him? How do you parent him? So 
so my my kid Hunter is he's absolutely he's an amazing child. He's so much better than I ever deserved. He's insanely intelligent. He the way I raised my kid is not unlike is unlike in any way how I was raised. Yeah. I could never imagine in my life raising my hand to my child. Mm. He's he she's a good good kid, but we never talk down to him. We talk to him, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and he's so good at understanding even emotion at his age. He knows when I'm hurting or when I'm upset without me even saying a word. Yeah. You know, he, he's very, he's, and, and, and I'm, I'm just too, I'm very much an empath. So that, that comes out through a lot of emotion in me, but for a lot of people, I come off as very cold and harsh and, the reason that I've become that way over his lifetime is I had to become that way to protect myself. Yeah. The, because, because your pain physically hurts me. I physically feel other people's pain uh. I, and a, a deep, deep, uncomfortable discomfort, like pain inside me that wants to do something about it, but knows that you can't. So all you're doing is carrying that pain around and, 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 it, it doesn't really serve any value. So you kind of start to learn to push people off and, and, or to act or almost not act, but become disconnected from, from people and don't engage in that level. Yeah. And I fear for my son on that level because he's so much that way. There's a lot of pain that goes along and growth at, at, with being an empathic type person. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of people out. Honestly, I mean, it really does. They don't know how to deal with it. They never figure out a way to cope with it. So that that scares me a lot. So I I really focus on getting to his level and and speaking to him like a man who speaks to another man, you know, and and explaining why he should or shouldn't do something. Or um, you know, I, I encourage him to question everything. I don't I don't go for this. So you know, children should be only speak when spoken to type of mentality. Yeah. He's a child. He, he's, his, his, his only job right now is to learn. That's it. You know, so I encourage his inquisitive nature and, and, and I'm very, uh, I posted a video a long time ago. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It, it kind of went viral of him running an excavator, like two and a half years old. I don't know if you've seen yeah, that. No, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then, well, and that, and, and then people started giving you shit for it. Right. Cause Oh my God, yeah, like I a kid. Like, yeah, got you like, got roasted for it. I got a couple hundred like letters, you know, of, of uh, threats of uh, reporting me to child services yeah. and, and shit. Yeah, I remember that. And I was like, you got pretty heated about like, it. Yeah, because for for me, if you're gonna raise greatness, like if you're gonna truly raise someone to be good at anything, it starts at the very beginning, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at any any uh, any athlete that's like an Olympian or um, even the. The top level um, equestrian riders—they all started at my son's age, three, yeah. four years old. Yeah. So for for people to come at, especially people in our industry, and mainly these people with the title safety in it, you know, safety something, right? Yeah. That they would come at when I'm I'm literally standing there next to my child, you know, who's running an excavator that has the idol all the way down. Yeah, it's not like it's who, full board. You know, yeah. Yeah, and, and 
and I'm clearly physically, uh, uh, vocally coaching my child in the video. I'm telling him what to do, and he's 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 doing what I'm asking him to do. So, to me, like, when did we become such a coddled type of society where we think children are not capable of doing these things? There's a reason child labor laws were put into into place, right? Because kids are better at doing shit than adults, believe it or not. Yeah, because I agree. Yeah, they are so much better at picking up on things. Um, they are so much more capable than we give them credit for, and and that's that's leading to this this um, entitled like entitlement types um, generations. Which, by the way, I think my generation is the worst. Not, and I'll get to that in a sec. But yeah, this entitlement and, and or this um, this this inability to um, this inability like these kids don't want to work, you know, or or <clears throat> this avoidance of physical labor or things like that. I have one responsibility as a parent to my child overall, and that's to make sure that my child lives out his life successfully, right? The best to the best of my ability. At some point, it's up to him. But that means that my job right now is to impart as much wisdom that I've gained through my lifetime on him, okay? And then to teach him or give him, pass down some type of skill set that he can fall back on whatever he chooses to do in life that will always serve him well to where he can feed his own family. Yeah. Well, and, and so, the funny thing about kids, uh, I'm reading a book now about how, you know, children do things very well. They're very creative. They're very thoughtful. They, they live really brilliant lives. And then you grow up and all that's just beaten out of you by society. And no, no, now you need to conform and now you need to follow rules. And now, nope, you can't be creative. You need to go down this path and this is what you do and why. And so all these adults, they just get stuffed into a box. And then that's where they, that's where they live the rest of the life. But the truly great individuals out there that actually accomplish things, they escape that box and they become more childlike. They don't become more adult-like. They return to that creative adventurous mindset that we we all have as kids without that without being stuck inside the box look at some of these ceos these guys who started like virgin virgin mobile and like they're flying around the world like just playing yeah you know like that that, i mean we're, we're kids at heart we never really truly grow up we just we get you know beat down you know and if those those chains those those bond those bondages are taken away then we revert back to that childlike state. And, you know, that gives me hope in some ways, you know, that it's still there and, and it's harder and harder for me to tap that, you know, uh, I wish I was, but, but the one time that I'm truly, truly happy and in my element is when I'm in a cab of a machine and I'm, I'm doing that particular thing, um, you know, and, and it's just, there's nothing that can bring me down at that moment, you know, um, all the other stuff in my life goes away. And I, I, and I, I, I've talked with, I just actually talked to Dane Cotton about that DC excavation the other day, but going to parenting. So you can, as a parent, you can talk about all sorts of stuff, but kids are smart and they watch and they really understand what's going on, I think. And you don't really understand that until you're older and you're like, Whoa, I I really did kind of understand what was going on. So my dad's taught me a lot of great things, a lot of really remarkable lessons. The one that has stuck with me way beyond any other lesson out there was, you know, he was on the top, top, top executive tract at, at his company. He worked for Deloitte. So he was national director there. 
they wanted him to become, you know, one of the 50 leaders of the company. And, and it's a, it's, there's 250,000 employees now at this company. So that's the track wow. he was on. And that's what he worked 40 years to do, but they wanted to move him to New York city because that's where corporate HQ is. Yeah. So if you need to be at the top, like we need you in New York city. And, and he refused to do it because he didn't want to move the kids. So he didn't want to pick us up and when we were children and rooted down in this neighborhood and, and, and had these lives and then put us down in some completely different place on the East Coast for the sake of his career. So he worked for 40 yeah. something years to get to that point only to give it up for us because he saw the bigger picture. And he said, you know, now it's my time. I, I, I actually need to make this decision in the opposite manner. I need to stop. And he was pushed out essentially pushed out of the company as a result because, okay, if you don't want to take this, we're going to find someone else that will take it. And he could have made, you know, way more, like everything was unbelievable if he would have taken this. And yet he didn't do it for the sake of us. And yeah, I feel like, like what the lesson you're, what you're living through right now, I mean, it speaks a lot to me, but it's going to speak so much to him that, you know, you were on your knees, you had everything stripped from you. And yet you still said, my name is everything. I'm not giving in. I'm going to fight my way out of this and rebuild from the very bottom. I've been here before. I'm going to do it again. I'm not going to give in. Something like that speaks way more than anything you could ever say. Well, yeah, I mean, it's in our blood, man. We're fighters. Will Heights are always been fighters. And we're very um, anti-authoritarian in a way. Like, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. I'm, like, I'm going to make sure. It, yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, dude, if I'm being told like by multiple people that like, this can't be done. Well, dude, I know what has to be done now. Yeah. Because if so many people are saying that it can't be done, then, then if I can get it done, then I just set myself on this different league right there alone, you know? So, but that's another side of it. This whole thing is coming to peace with the fact that it was time to, to take things down, down to the root, down to the base, you know? and rebuild was it I'm okay with just being at this level for the next 10 years. If I have to be, I got, I'm 40, I'm 41 years old. Okay. So I'll be 51. Let's say in 10 years, just hypothetically, that's plenty of time to be putting time down in this industry and then, and doing what I want, you know, and trying it again or whatever. It might be five years, whatever. But what's important right now is that I'm present for, for my kid at, at, you know, he's six now that's what's important at this point in time, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, uh, that time you'll never, like, I can always try to make a run and uh, being a big, big powerhouse again sometime. Right. I mean, I've seen companies come go blow up overnight. They get literally within through two to three years, they got you know, a hundred freaking employees. Right. And, and, and a lot of those companies wind up failing too, you know, Yep. but right now I don't see what I'm doing is, is a failure. I see it more as this is all a learning, like more education and it's adding to the foundation I have in the industry mm. because I'm paying my dues. Bottom line, every great leader, every great company out there has gone through setbacks, right? There's very few that just got it the first time out the gate, Yeah, you know, and yeah. I've learned like what not to do this time around. Um, the, the one of the big downsides of having all those, those corporations behind you is they're not really behind you. Yes. Um, they're really like, yeah, you get really kind of like, um, this over inflated view of where you're at 
um, as far as the fiscal side of things in the company. So you, you're making decisions based on, oh, I can see, I see what this does for me, but you're not really putting a lot of weight into the financial ramifications of those decisions. So before you know it, you can bury yourself in, in product and debt, even at discount, heavily discounted rates that um, will come back and bite you in the ass when things take a downturn. Well, and when, when things do take a downturn, that's when you find out who's really behind you and who's not too. Exactly. Yeah. So, and and ultimately when it comes to business, you're on your own, man. I really are. Dude. And I have really started to swallow that pill over the past six months. And and you start to just understand like, no matter how great your relationships are, no matter how much your, your people love working there, you really are on your own. Like it is, I, I mean, if you don't like, if you don't pay people, they're gone. Or if you don't deliver the product, exactly. like they're not hiring you. Like it is, it's up to you. There's no one else there for you. Like if shit hits and the fan, the like, aspect, it's on you, man. The other aspect of that too, though, is even if like, it's like a, um, a wounded animal, like the public perception, right? Yeah. If that, if that ships and it gets soured or tainted in, in, in a way, people are going to start to avoid you like the plague because, and rightfully so. Like they don't. That shit's contagious, man. Yeah. Like I will cut. I I, I was very very good at, at cutting negativity, negative people out of my life. If you don't bring any value to my life, and it sounds like it sounds almost cold or it sounds uh, superficial, but it's not. It's self preservation. Yeah. If you're a negative negative Nancy like all the time, and 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 a, and a construction supervisor taught me this very very early on. I was always like focused on the problems, right? The problems on the project. But I was never bringing any solutions. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So one day he looks at me and he goes, you know what? Well, I he's like, I don't need problem starters or problem creators. I need problem solvers. You can choose right now, which one you want to be. Yeah. Do you see a problem? Come to me with a solution to fix it. Okay. Or an idea, but just don't continually point out problems with no solutions because if you know it like you're not you're not bringing any value there because there are probably problems that people already know are there right yep yeah. so um that, that's just for me at, at some point in my life you know i had to start to realize like do a cost cost benefit analysis on every every situation and um and it's real easy to get out of that mindset or to lose direction in that too so if you let negativity start creeping into your life, it, it takes over rapidly and it's just um, a matter of time before you take yourself out, you know, um, and through stupid actions or, or, or bad decisions. And I, I've tried to head that off to the most, for the most part that some bad things are happen have happened to me, but um, it's not going to end me because once you become self-aware or aware of it, then it, you, you, you can't, you can't use it as an excuse anymore. You know? Yes. Like you can't, like once you're aware of, 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 of your fault or your, your character defect, now it's completely on you. Like it's your fault. Like if someone's in, like a complete asshole, like, or just like just whatever maybe, but it's just not conscious of it, then you kind of can't blame them for it. But as soon as they know they are this, like this is a, a fault that they have and they're not, and they know it's not beneficial and they're taking no action to change it. Now that's on you. Yeah. It's completely on you. Well, and this goes you know? to, this goes to a quote, you become who you are by learning who you are. 
And, and that's why, like right now, I just started therapy again. Not not because anything's wrong. I mean, in my anxiety is just fine right now. Everything's actually going going okay. But I just want to start kind of getting more down and dirty into like what my problems are and who I am and how I function. Because then, then it doesn't have power over me anymore. And like you've said, you know, you had some unresolved issues there. I think I have unresolved issues from childhood that I really want to work through. So then once, once you stare, stare the demons right in the face, they don't have power over you anymore and, and you can understand it. And then you can work, work, uh, work, you know, around it, um, instead of just running around without it even being on your mind. So that's what I'm trying well, to do right the, now. The other thing, the, the, the other aspect of that is too, is, is, is you, you asked me about my more emotional pet posts and, and my kind of getting, you know, into the nitty gritty of things and, if you also notice that I get the most engagement out of those posts. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. That's because people, people want to like, and I, I genuinely believe it's not people rooting for my downfall, you know, like it's people who are generally feeling the same way, you know, and, or experienced these same problems and lived through it. And they appreciate the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there and be honest about it so that you're not, you're not just like making, you're not bullshitting the whole world here and thinking that everything's rosy, Yeah, you know? And, 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 um, that's where you're going to get like your most engagement with people and the most honest engagement with people, you know, is just by being real. And once I'm, once I'm real about the, the how things really are in my life, it also takes power away from those negativities in my life because I I'm sharing them with Absolutely. people, you know, and, and, yeah. Yeah. and um, it allows me to, to, to move on from them or work through them or, or realize that I'm not alone in those, those issues, you know? Yep. Um, I, I and agree. there's a lot of power in that. So I, I, I think that I agreed with, with your, one of your other comments earlier was that this industry was way too, um, too closed. It was, uh, you know, it, it, one of the most difficult industries to get into it has always, you know, in my experience, been the grading and excavation world. That side of that side of thing. Yes. It's very it was kept kept very close to the hip. You know, it, it was not easy to get a job in this industry. You know, and it was all it's always been about who you know. Yep. And um, a lot of techniques, a lot of ways that things are done are not shared out there, and. You know, I wish a lot of these old timers would, would be more vocal about their experiences because it would make for a better class of up and comers, you know, to be honest with you. I agree. Um, to, I think we're, to know I, this. I think we're, we're getting there though. We're moving that direction. And I guess to go on that and, and we've been going for a while here, I'll let you get back to work, but, um, to, to kind of wrap up what, what's your advice to, to the younger guys or just people in general with everything that you've learned, especially over the past year or two? I mean, what, what, and, and you've, 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 we've covered a lot of it, but what, what would be yeah. advice that you have for folks? Well, I tell guys all the time, it, it, it's basically, you know, not just in my trade, but just in life in general, it, it, pick one thing, right? Pick your thing, whatever it's going to be, and then stick to it, right? Stick to that one thing. And, and try, try to be the best at what you're doing. It doesn't mean you are going to be the best, right? But if you, if you try to be the absolute best at what you're trying to do, you're going to be set apart from 90% of the people out there doing it right off the bat. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, and then the, the rest is talent, you know, after that. But 
I tell them, you know, stick to your guns. Don't like, uh, you know, humility, this humility, right? We have, which is different than humiliation. Okay. If you don't have humility, you will eventually have humiliation. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So my, my breakdown of what humility stands for is an, it's an accurate self-appraisal of one's worth into the world. Mm. The key word in that is accurate. It's an accurate self-appraisal of one's worth. So you need to constantly be appraising your value of what you're putting out there, okay? And then making your decisions based on where you're at in that process. And using goals and benchmarks um, of people that you look up to around you uh, or, or in this, uh, you know, where you want to go. So you always have to have a direction of where you want to be. Yep. You know, and then you might fail at that and, and have to take a step back like where I'm at right now. But I know where my end game is, you know, and I know my goal is to leave it some type of legacy for my kids. Hmm. That's not a big goal, but it is it is a goal. It's not to be the next Granite or, um, you know, or Papage or, or any of these bigger companies that are out there killing it. It's just to go to my grave knowing that, I raised a good kid and gave him something that he can have for the rest of his life if he chooses to, but give him other things that are things that can't be taken away no matter what, mm. you know? Mm. So, um, like a skill set, you know? And, um, so I would say just, just make sure that you're always revamping your goals and you're always trying to achieve those, those checklists, those milestones on your path. Okay. Yeah. And, um, make sure that you're always upgrading your goals too, because I've, I've achieved some of my goals very quickly and then going, Oh shit. Like where, what do I, you know, I need to set some more goals here. You know what I mean? So like always be re, re you know, re revisiting that. And then personal relationships, an area that I've not always been good in, but once people get to know me at a face to face value, I have very few enemies, right? Yeah. You got to maintain your personal relationships in life. Like don't burn bridges. Like yeah. Yeah. with your old employers, within like every single one of my old employers, I still am on good, like firm foundation with those people, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, and then, you know, just make sure that you're, you're doing things out of respect. You don't step on toes. If you do everything that you should do, if they have a problem with that after that point, then that's their problem. It's not yours, okay? I but agree. if you, you yeah. follow like all the protocol and you did the things the way you're supposed to do, then your conscience is clear and, and it, they're just being dicks if they want to be dicks. You know, and some people are like that. They're, they're very competitive in this, in this business. But yeah. And the third thing is, my, I think probably one of the most important is to do what you say and, and, and be where you say you're going to be when you say you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's huge in this industry. It's huge in life though, is, is be a man of your word and come through. And if you're falling short, be vocal about it and talk and, and let people, you know, and be transparent when it comes to that. Um, nothing ever good comes from hiding shit, you know, and just try and be a judge, just try and be your authentic self. You know, uh, the only people that really should matter to you are, is your family. In, in, in the client that you're working for at the moment, you know, and if you feel that you're on the right path, then, then go with your gut because 99% of the time, my gut's right. 
it's when I try to try to use my brain is when I get myself in trouble. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. My, you know? my best decisions have been gut decisions because uh, your, your yeah. instinct knows what you need to do. And I, I, you know, keeping your word, people say that over and over and over, but in, in, you know, once you spend enough time in the world and especially in business, you start to really see that most people don't do that. And it's, it, you no. think it's so simple and straightforward, but most people don't keep their word and, and it just makes me scratch my head because for me, it's, it's the only way to live. I couldn't sleep well at night and couldn't look myself in the mirror if I wasn't doing that and, and wasn't following through on what I said I was going to do. Yeah, I was raised by people who said the only thing a man really has is his handshake and his word. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You know, and and that, that's true. If you if you lose your credibility in, in, say, your local society, your local regional society, it don't matter how good the world thinks you are. You ain't going to get a damn thing done if you're shut down by your local, like, regional, like, area because they know you're a fraud or they know you're, you're doing shitty work or bad things, okay? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Yeah. I mean, that kind of comes into play much more on a local level than this, this more fake media, like, presented kind of world level, you know, that we're, we kind of are operating in right now as far as the social media thing goes. Um, like, like I said, you wouldn't know anything was going on in my life unless I told you by judging it off of social media, if I hadn't made certain posts that kind of let you in, you know what I mean? Well, and, and, and so, I mean, even this conversation has been very enlightening. Like I honestly, I have more respect for you now than I did two hours ago. Uh, just kind of knowing what I know and, and talking through all this stuff with you. I appreciate I'm, that. I'm, yeah. I'm not blowing smoke either. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. And, like I said, man, um, I'm not a bad guy, man. I just, I just want, I just want my, my trade to be, to have the right people, uh, you know, behind it. And, and I'd like to see the corporations get, get some of this, but me and you both know that's going to happen if it happens and it ain't going to happen if it ain't going to happen. Right. Yeah. But all we can do as me personally is I've been given a certain level of, in, in, you want to call it social influence or whatever. I'm not influencing for anyone but myself right now. You know, yep. so I have wanted, I have a little bit of responsibility to use that platform to, to do what I think is right in, in the industry. Okay. So that's just kind of where I'm going with it right now. Things have fallen off. And I, I don't put as much value into it anymore, you know, but I, there's certain things like this podcast and certain, you know, publications and things like that, that I, I still am in contact with that I feel like bring value to the industry. So, I mean, I maintain those relationships, but you know, I had, I've had a ton of TV deals dude, like come at me. Like I, I've had discovery channel, the history channel, like every single one that produces a deadliest catch. Like they've all, and if they, I, I've turned them all down because I don't like what they're pitching. So there's a lot of TV shows that come, come after us too. And, and my default answer is just, no, it, it, absolutely not. But um, you, you have to look at the money. They're, they're in it for themselves. They just want to maximize how much money they make on advertising. And so to make more money on advertising, yeah. you need more people. So they're going to make up whatever the hell they need to make up to maximize that. It's, they don't really give a shit about the industry. They don't give a shit about you. They, they really don't. Mo I mean, and that's generalizing, but most, most of these networks don't care about you anymore. They really just care yeah. about maximizing profit. Nothing pissed me off more than the uh, gold rush and how like <laughs> it got so like just like it yeah. was just a joke yeah. and these guys are like not like hack they're like hack operators you know they're not even 
Like, you don't dig a hole 60 foot deep and just go over to the spot you want to dig 60 foot deep and start digging. Yeah. You know, there's a whole lot of thought process that goes into achieving a goal of 60 foot with offsets and benching and safety sloping. You know, and then, and then the, it's just like it frustrates me as an operator and knows as someone who knows what they're doing in the industry that the wrong, in a way, the wrong people are getting the highlight, you know, and that's why I wanted to get involved in it. But I also know in the long run, it's also usually means complete failure for anyone who does. Yeah. You well, know, like there's not, not many companies that like OC's choppers and all like they went to, sh- they've all gone to shit after, after those, you know, those shows went away. Yeah. Well, you know? well, and, well because and, the business came, came, uh, the business turned into the show. And so when the show goes away, the business goes away. It, it, yeah. It, the, 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 the business's identity gets too wrapped up in it. And then, you know, when they cut it, they cut it and okay, then your identity goes away. But well, no, yeah, talking about talking then, the gold rush stuff, I mean, we could make a whole podcast about that and how wild it is. Oh, and I've, I've had Dave Turin on the podcast. He's, he's, he's fantastic. He's, he's one of the few guys I, I, like, I have a lot of respect for from the show. I like the kid, man. The kid is that kid's a go getter, dude. He, uh, yeah. uh, Parker, yeah, what's his name? Parker, yes, and 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 yeah, that, that kid, he's got brass balls, man. He, like he's he, he's got that the, the the luxury of the ignorance of youth, which I think is a great asset in many cases. And he's real, you know, like the kid's going for it. And and and, and actually, all the guys were re- like, I would, I'm not going to say none of them. They're all real, you know, seem like real good people, you know. Yes. Um, it was. It's more. Of, it's more of the what ends up on the on the cutting room floor versus what's kids put out there correct yeah yeah it's a tv show at the end of the day but yeah well uh this was uh this was one hell of a conversation i'm glad uh well it turns out okay and i i I don't want to continue on any like drama with like to each his own at this point you know i've i've removed myself from the equation yeah as far as as all that goes and and i wish everyone the best and and um i hope it works out you know and i just uh I just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, where I'm at and, and why things are, you know, why I feel the way I feel and, and why things are the way they are. No, I, I, and I, I really, uh, I appreciate how candid you are and, and you sound like you're in a, a great spot. Like it's, it's, it makes me happy cause I've kind of been following along through social media. So I haven't really been there. Um, and we, we haven't yeah. talked a whole lot before this, but just through social media, it was like, man, this guy, you know, he's going through some shit right now and I like to see people doing well. And so hearing where you're at now, I mean, yeah, you don't have you know sixteen guys and all this equipment, but you sound like you're in a really good spot, which is it. It, it makes me really happy. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm working on it. You know, I'm working on it. I got my, I got, I got my fair share of drama, but um, you know, it's like, I, like I'm saying, I'm trying to get to to that good, happy spot where you know everything's running on all cylinders again, and you know, the trauma that comes from from sudden, you know, divorce and loss of a loved one is can't be downplayed man and that's why i tell guys if you've got a family do everything in your power to protect it man you've got to hold you've got to do what you need to do to survive and that's part of it you know is is in maintaining that family unit because that'll take you out that'll take you out quick than anything man yeah yeah all right with that we will uh let you get back to work because we all know you're working and uh again I, i really appreciate it mike thanks no problem, man. And with that, everybody, another episode of Dirt Talk concludes. If you liked it, there was a whole lot in there. 
uh, or someone needs to hear it or someone's going through something similar, send it their way, share it, because that's how we're growing this damn thing. I'm not paid for it. There's no sponsors. There's nothing like that. It's costing a lot of money and a lot of time. So the least everyone could do is just share it. Um, I want to get this out to as many people as possible. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks.